Welcome to Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Each week, Brian will present a Christ-centered teaching to increase your passion for the Godhead. It is our hope that this podcast will be a burning lamp that leads you on a path to encounter God's unquenchable love for you. And now our host, Brian Francis Hume. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Let us pray. Father, we desire to know you. Father, we desire to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and to share in the fellowship of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So, Father, we are standing today on Philippians 3.10, and we ask that you would enable us to catch a glimpse of the beauty, the majesty, and the splendor of Christ as we gaze upon him through the written word, through the written logos of God. And so, Father, we thank you that we have the, the honor, the privilege, the opportunity to read and to study your word. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and do what you love to do and to glorify Christ as we gaze upon the God-man, Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Keys open doors at the right place at the right time. Such doors of divine moments occur when God positions us for or another at the right place at the right time. Lisa Harrell, an experienced veteran of the United States Postal Services, detoured from her normal route in order to hand-deliver an express mail package. It was late morning on Monday, April 21, 2008. Normally, she would deliver such a parcel later in the day. As she approached 306 2nd Street in Albany, New York, Lisa noticed an open window on the second story above the door. Once at the door, she rang the doorbell, and while waiting, she looked up and peered through the window. She could see a baby. Once again, she rang the doorbell. Then the unexpected happened. As Lisa stood there, suddenly, she instinctively sprang into action to quickly grab the falling baby as it whacked her shoulder, bewildered and stunned. She stood there. In her arms was a screaming, crying baby. It was the baby she had glanced at 
just a minute earlier. It happened so quickly, without warning. The stunned mailwoman had saved the life of this precious baby. Many in the community applauded Lisa Harrell as a hero who saved the life of Niels Morales. A hero? No. I was in the right place at the right time, Harold told a reporter. God was there for me and the baby. Did you catch what she said? Essentially, she gave honor to God for positioning her at the right place at the right time. This conjures many questions. Can God really meet us in our hour of need at the right place at the right time? Does God really put us in a position to be at the right place at the right time for others? Let's examine the Bible to see what we can glean from the story of the Son of David. This will set a foundation for the next few episodes of Unquenchable Love. Key 1. The Covenant Promise Nestled within the Old Testament, a covenant promise is given by God to David, the King of Israel, that his throne would be forever established. This promise came forth in a prophecy given to him by the prophet Nathan in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and 13, which reads, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. The prophet delivered the word of the Lord to David near the end of his life. For this teaching, there are two specific points I want to highlight from this passage. First, the promise given by God to David through a prophecy that declared, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. The throne of David was one that would last forever. That's quite a promise. In view of this understanding, the second point sheds light on how. I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body. Again, Let's read this verse from another translation, the New King James. I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body. This everlasting kingdom would come from David's line, a direct descendant of David. This understanding is expressed by the writers of the New Testament when they use language such as the root of David in Revelation chapter 5 verse 5 
Furthermore, Paul writes that the Son of God came from David's lineage, thus affirming the assertion that the Son is the Son of David. Roman chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 reads, Which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. In case you missed it, I want to emphasize verse 3 from the New Living Translation. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. The covenant promise invoked hope in the heart of the Israelites over centuries as a divine longing for the Son of God intensified. This was the one who would rule ad infinitum on the throne in accordance to Scripture. Key to the right place. A decade ago, I attended a writing seminar in the beautiful mountains of Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Concerning books, the keynote speaker hammered home this principle that was imperative for all writers. The author should always state the why of their book in the very first sentence. That required intentionality by the writer. Keep in mind that Matthew was a Jew, though as a tax collector he was despised by the Jewish community. When he wrote his gospel, he included intricate details that only those in the Jewish culture would understand and appreciate. His target was clearly a Jewish audience. With this in mind, read Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. A Jewish reader would have immediately grasped the history and implications behind stating up front that Jesus Christ was the son of David. Remember the covenant promise given to David that one of his offspring would rule forever on his throne. Writing in the very first sentence that Jesus was the son of David was to clearly communicate that this is the one We have all waited for the fulfillment of David's covenant promise, the anticipated Messiah. When I first read the Bible in the summer of 92, I was told by a friend to start in the Gospel of Matthew. And my friend gave me a copy of her Bible to read. And at that time, I had never read the Bible in my life. Needless to say, The first verse, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, didn't register with me. I had no previous exposure to Judaism or the Jewish culture or even the Christian faith. So the phrase, 
the son of David had no meaning to me. However, Matthew was intentional as a writer of his gospel to utilize Jewish concepts and ideas for his intended audience. Matthew was well versed in the Messianic Old Testament verses that his audience would understand. For instance, he linked the birth of Jesus to a prophecy foretelling that the son of David was to be born in Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 reads, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephraim, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Bethlehem is known as the city of David. Note Luke chapter 2 verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The very birthplace of Jesus, the son of David, was the fulfillment of Scripture. It certainly could be said that the son of David was born at the right place. This was obviously done to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy found in Micah 5, 2, in order to reinforce the Jewish audience that Jesus was indeed the son of David. Key 3. The right place. Speaking of babies and delivering a package at the right place at the right time, let's turn our attention to such a moment in the Bible. Paul refers to the time of Christ's birth in Galatians 4.4 as the fullness of time. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. I like how the New Living Translation translates fullness of time. But when the right time came, God sent his Son. Did you catch that? But when the right time came. This verse clearly states that Jesus Christ came at the right time. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. Though the scripture is not explicit as to why God sent his Son at that precise moment, scholars have laid out several possible thoughts on this. Greek was an international language that was the official language of the Roman Empire. This removed the potential barrier of communicating the gospel so it could spread throughout the empire in both written and spoken form. The Roman Empire also had a vast road system that was useful for transportation in the ancient world within its borders. Furthermore, ships were viable as well with functional seaports 
throughout the Mediterranean world during Jesus' lifetime. Lastly, there was relative Pax Romana, a comparative state of peace within the Roman Empire, though much was festering under the surface among those subjected to the Roman rule, such as the Jewish people. Timing is essential in the outworking of God's redemptive purposes in our lives. He is always at the right place at the right time. We can have confidence in the goodness of God as we trust Him for His timing. In conclusion, according to Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, but Jesus emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Imagine the very moment that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became a babe. He wasn't born just anywhere. The precise location was orchestrated by the hand of God. Little old Bethlehem. (laughs) This swaddled newborn with a covenant promise in the flesh. It was the right place at the right time. The fullness of time. Yet pause that thought for a second. Let's just zoom in for a split moment. The right place was a room among animals that was certainly not the ideal setting health-wise. The right place was not based on circumstances and one's favor. Instead, it was the outworking of God's good, pleasing, and perfect will to fulfill His covenant promise. The time was right as well. Even though the son of David was not fully a mature man decked in loyalty, Rather, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, was in swaddling with absolute dependency on others to care for his most basic needs, like any other newborn. Yet, that was God's right time. The God of the Bible is a God who works out His covenant promises to position us at the right place at the right time. And what are the covenant promises that the Spirit of God has breathed upon in your heart that you are standing on in faith so that you are positioned at the right place at just the right time? Father, I pray that we would catch a glimpse of the Son of David. Holy Spirit, reveal to us Christ. Reveal to us the extravagant love that Jesus Christ has demonstrated towards us through the cross. Help us to fully grasp what He has done on the cross. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. This has been Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Join us each week as we pursue God's heart for passion, purity, and prayer.